This is Sid Roth saying, Shalom Mishpacha. Mishpacha is a Hebrew word. It means family. And we're the Mishpacha, the family with a Jewish heart. Welcome to today's edition of Messianic Vision and another appointment for you to be mentored to fulfill your destiny with one of our It's Supernatural guests. And now, here's your host for this program, It's Supernatural television producer, Donna Chavis. Thank you, Sid, and thank you all for joining us today. Honestly, this is one powerful, powerful program and topic that uh, that we're going to be talking about today. Our guest was trained as a high priest in a satanic cult. He was the third highest ranking devil worshiper. Yep, that's what I said, devil worshiper in New York City. And his deliverance from this very, very dark side was nothing short of miraculous. Fortunately, God intervened in a powerful way, and now for almost two decades, John has been teaching believers around the world to defeat the enemy. Please welcome John Ramirez. Hi, John. Hey, God bless you. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to be on the show today. I believe God, everything that God does is a divine appointment, and there's something special He's going to do for the audience today. Well, we're not going to get too far into your past. Uh, we're going to talk about this wonderful, wonderful message that you've prepared for everybody today. But I, I said in the opening introduction that it was nothing short of miraculous um, that that God literally snatched you out of the, the grips of hell and brought you to where you are today. Would you say that was an accurate statement? Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I, I still think it's a, it was a surreal, uh, surreal moment from God taking me from an engrossed occult uh, for 25 years, worshiping the devil, demon, principality, territory, demons, uh, familiar spirits, doing tarot card readings and all this other stuff, and snatching me out of there and, and, and purifying me through the fire of the Holy Spirit and bringing me where I'm at today. Now, I know you've developed a very, very powerful resource, and we're going to be talking about that today. John, we're going to talk about destroying fear. And I ask you, why did you write this book? Tell us about that, John. I've written that book because, first of all, the Holy Spirit gave it to me. Yes. And I think one of the great things, one of the things that really uh, saddens my heart that Around the world, I preach in Japan. I preach in uh, UK. I preach right across the street from Buckingham Palace. I preach in the UK. I preach in uh, Germany. I preach in, all over the states. And the number one thing that people come up to the altar, I have an incredible altar course, and I know that's just a gift from God. And people, nine out of ten people, always say, "I am struggling with fear. Mm. I don't know what to do? I am so paralyzed. I don't know if I can see tomorrow." And I think that. Hearing that, you know, from overseas and hearing this here in the States, I say it's time that we rise up and let the devil know that we're not going to give in to fear. Yes, yes. And now, you know, you think, okay, well, I, I'm struggling with fear. What type of things are you talking about when you say fear? What does that cover? It could be a generational fear. A generational fear is, you know, my grandmother had cancer. My mom has cancer. My aunt had cancer. Now I think I'm going to get cancer. And the devil plagues and torment the human mind to believe and to accept the mm. poison into your body because you see the evidence that the generation of curse in your family or the generation of curse with uh, uh, drug addictions. You know, my father was an alcoholic. Yes. I'm heading that route. You know, and these things, uh, the devil knows how to capitalize on these 
of the other side of the spectrum, you know, fear on your own, you open the door to fear. And I think that sometimes we open the door to fear because of a loss of a loved one, uh, maybe a job loss, maybe a divorce. Uh, many aspects of, of fear could come into one person's life and the person will never move forward again. They'll be paralyzed forever if they don't, if they don't take a stand and do something about it. Yes, and, and, and you teach us there's a lot of things that 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 we may not think about connected with fear or the root being fear like worry, anxiety, insomnia, even leading up to like suicide. I mean, fear can be behind all of these things. And so you teach us what fear is, what the symptoms are, what the results are, and how to get rid of it. Fear is the foundation of these avenues of worry. Worry is a slight fever. And then it progresses to something bigger, you know, and then anxiety and then and then tormenting. And it keeps going, keeps going. If you don't cut the rope, it keeps going and it leads to other avenues. In the end, you say, well, maybe the best thing I can do is just commit suicide and this whole stuff will go away. That's a lot from the pits of hell. Mm. Yes. Yes. And you even called it, you even called it the number one weapon. Yes. Yes. Because you see, when I was in the kingdom of darkness for 25 years, that I served from the age of eight years old to the age of 35. That's how I went to, I went to hell and came back uh, in October. Uh, the devil the devil plagues the occult people. There's cult people in Hollywood. There's cult people all over the world that wants to leave. But the number one weapon he uses against these people is if you leave, I destroy you. If you and that is a fear that you can't even shake off if only if Jesus Christ shows up. And then in the kingdom of Jesus Christ, the enemy plagues the believer to, to, to fragment the believer to believe that somehow, you know, God is sick and tired of you. God doesn't love you anymore. Mm. God left you. And then that comes into the realms of fear. And then he'll hit other avenues to paralyze you from your purpose and your destiny. Mm-hmm. Now, did you experience that fear personally, John, when you were, um, were you fearful of leaving the occult? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I was, I, I was, I mean, 1,000, not 100%, 1,000% fearful to leave the occult. I say, if I leave, I'm just writing my will. Uh, I've I seen people get destroyed. I went to funerals of people of the occult that got destroyed. So there was, there was in the camp of the enemy, it was already said, you leave, you die. Uh, even when I was in, as a believer, I got saved in 1999, and I shared something real quick. In 2002, I lost my eyesight. The devil sucker punched me, and I lost my eyesight. And the devil was tormenting, saying, see, I can still get to you. Your God is not big enough. I still own you. I still, I, I still want you back. And uh, this tormenting thing, for three and a half months, I lost my eyesight. But I, I overcame. I overcame this fear. I overcame my power. I, I destroyed it, paralyzed it, uprooted it, and got rid of it. Now I have no fear at all. I'm fearless. Now, when you were in this state, you, you were telling us that you, you came to a point where you said, it doesn't matter to me if I have eyesight, if I don't have eyesight. I, I know who God is. I know the power of the Holy Spirit. I know what power that I have in Him. And so I'm going to serve Him no matter what. Choice. Choice. I made a choice. Yes. See, when you make a choice to turn right and go with Jesus, and nothing, nothing can stop you from God's best. I made that choice. Blind, seeing, dog, stick, whatever you call it, I'm going with Jesus. Yes. The Lord embraced me and gave me my sight back. And just, just the one thing of you making that choice and taking that stand, I mean, the enemy knew at that point that, that he was not going to destroy you with this. But you see, 
the enemy knows. You see, the devil has powers. The devil has crazy powers, but he doesn't have the right power against the believer. Yes. And that's the, what the believer needs to understand. Yes, the enemy has powers in the world, but he doesn't have the right power against any believer when you make the choice to go with Jesus. You know what, John? I'd like to stop right here on that word choice and, and, and have you speak to anyone out there that's listening that, that has said this, I don't have a choice. I don't have a choice. I'm in this situation, whatever it be, whatever situation they're in, spiritual situation, if they're in any kind of a fearful situation. And if people have said, I don't have a choice, will you take a minute and minister to those people? Oh, absolutely. You know, my, my brothers and sisters, one thing I tell you, I love you so much. You know, God has given me a lot, my brothers and sisters, especially for those that are struggling. You have a choice. The Bible said, God said, I lay life and death before you. Pick life. God has said, no weapon formed against you will prosper. God said, we can do all things through Jesus Christ. That is your choice. That is your mandate. That is your promise. God is not a man that will lie. Hold on to the garment of the Holy Spirit and run with it and know that you have a choice to live and not die. You have a choice to cancel every assignment of the enemy. It's not what the devil throws at you. It's what you do about it today. Today is the day of freedom. Today is the day for you to come back into your purpose, your destiny. Come back to the plan of God of your life because the devil understands he is defeated. He's a defeated folk, and he knows that he's just lying to you. The devil never can tell the truth because he ain't the truth. Jesus Christ, the truth, the way, and the life. And God wants to set you free today. The choice is the cross. Amen. Amen. I totally agree with that. Thank you, John. And now I I know you you give so many examples of of there being a connection between the spiritual and the physical. Like like you share a story about a woman who was who was Muslim. Now, this woman was dying with stage four cancer, but she was also full of fear. Oh, she was, I mean, she came up to the altar. I remember that day was in Queens, New York. She came up and she testified in one of my meetings last year in Milano, New York. Uh, she came up to the altar and I said, hey, uh, she said, I said, what could I, how, how could I pray for you? Because I thought she was a believer. She came up to the altar. I mean, what Muslim comes up to the altar? Yes. At a Christian a service. I mean, think about it. So she came up to the altar. She said, I have, four, I have less than six months to live and I'm going to die. The doctor has given up on me. I had four-stage cancer. I said, are you a believer? You're a Christian? She said, no, I'm a Muslim. And I said, oh, wow. let me ask you a question. Why have your God done for you lately? Oh. She said, nothing. She said, God, I'm going to die. I said, has Muhammad done something for you? Has Islam done something for you? She said, no, the doctor said, I'm going to die. Make peace with my family. So I just came here just because I felt that this is my last result because I am so paralyzed for fear. I don't want to die. And I said, well, today's a day of victory. She renounced, she renounced her, her religion. She accepted Jesus Christ as her Lord and Savior. And I said, my God can heal and he can save you. You want it? She said, yes. Just a simple prayer of faith. I left. I come back a year later at the door. Who's standing at the door with a big Kool-Aid smile? <laughs> Lady. <laughs> I was like, she said, you remember me? I said, I'm sorry. I don't remember. I've gone, I've gone to so many places. And she said, I'm the lady who was supposed to die six months ago. And I said, really? Oh, my God. Why? I gave her such a hug. And she said, she said, I went back to the doctors. That's him, please check me one more time. The doctor said, go home. We told you, you, you're supposed to die. And she said, check me one more time. When they checked it, the doctor fell out. They could believe that our Lord Jesus Christ not only destroyed fear, but destroyed cancer. Yes. You know what she said? I bring more people to church than my own pastor now. I was like, you go. <laughs> 
And you made the analogy there in this story, particularly, John, that 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 fear is is like that. It's like a cancer to our spirit, like cancer is to our body. Mm-hmm. It's a eating cancer. It's a it's a piranha. It eats away. It's it's a termite. Eats away. And one thing about fear that we have to cut it at the root so it won't grow again. And a lot of times we, as believers, we pray this fear, but all we do is cut the branches of the tree, but we never deal with the root of the issue. And when you deal with the root of the issue, you remove it once and for all, and you fill it with the Holy Spirit. And when that, when the fear comes back, it won't move you anymore because you're not controlled by it anymore. You call it the enemy's number one weapon because people get get so paralyzed and so crippled with fear. Does it just they're full of it, so does it completely crowd out what God would have for us or what God was saying to us? Oh, yeah. It, was, it, it, it contaminates the mind because it torments your mind. It scorns your mind, and then, it, and then it takes over your heart because your heart is your will, your emotions, and then it takes over your whole body, and then you don't move forward. You don't, you don't, you, you, you don't see tomorrow. You don't see tomorrow because the enemy has such a grip on you that the only person that can break that grip when you make that choice to say, you know what, devil, enough is enough. I'm not going to live in this torment no more, but there's suicide, oppression, depression, any sickness, loss of job, loss of family, love, love, whatever the situation may be. The enemy understands that with fear. He knows. That's what God said. He's not giving us a spirit of fear. God made it clear in the Bible. I'm not giving you a spirit of fear. God, people, don't live on the dark side. Live on the light with Jesus Christ live. You don't have to live in the dark side. Jesus has paid a price for you, so you don't have to be tormented. Yes. And I know you have been traveling, as you said, internationally, and you've been preaching and ministering this message. What what type of feedback testimonies do you get on, on this uh, particular subject? Yeah, there was a girl, there was a little girl in Japan, a 13, 14-year-old little girl, and she was so tormented with bully. And bully is mm. a spirit of fear. You know, and we know you know how the bully situation is going around. Yes, people being bullied. Yes, the whole bully devil has shut this girl down, had paralyzed her to the point that it had to remove her out of school. And when they removed her out of school, she couldn't talk. She lost her voice. She didn't. She didn't talk for over three months. She couldn't talk anymore because the fear had she. The fear was so engrafted in this little girl that she they had to remove her from school because she was like a corpse. And when they removed her from school, she came to the meetings, and I prayed for her the first night. Then the eighth night, she came uh, to the meeting, and the first night, you know, God works behind the scenes. The eighth night, I said, I'm not leaving Japan, Lord. Man, we beat that devil up with the Holy Spirit. Man, that girl came out screaming. After three months, she screamed and cried for two hours, and she started to talk again. Yes. Wow. I read that you get so many testimonies back, literally hundreds of testimonies of people being set free completely free. They said, do you know what? They said, John, if I knew this situation, if I knew the weapons of my warfare in Christ Jesus, Holy Spirit, if I knew the finished work of the cross, the devil, I, I drank the Kool-Aid, I bit the apple, the devil lied to me for so many years, and now I can wake up in the morning and I am free. I can see the day of light. I can see Jesus Christ all over my life, and testimonies of people that have been sick, people that uh, I just prayed for a girl yesterday on the phone. She has uh, illness and down in uh, Texas. I le- I prayed for her. I know God. I know God broke that fear factor on her family because you know the family see a little girl there nine years old in the hospital. What the fear is? 
my little girl's going to die, and the devil capitalized on that. And I get hundreds of emails. I got emails from people in Pakistan, Iraq. I got people in Tibet. I think there was a monk somewhere in a cave somewhere. Sent me. He was tormented with fear, knowing that you know he doesn't know if he has a tomorrow. And all these fear factors, all these fear weapons of the enemy was distinguished by one thing. The finished work with the cross, the blood of Jesus and the Holy Ghost. Yes, yes, and you mentioned the Holy Ghost. Is that the reason that we ask ourselves this question? Okay, but I'm a Christian, I'm a believer. Is it possible for us to still be in bondage? And what's the answer to that? You can still be in bondage because it's a choice that you make. You've either believe death and believe life. I can I can love Jesus Christ with all my heart. And, and, and believe a lie, believe a deception, believe something that, you know, whether it's a generation of my family or something that the devil just lied to me. And I, I made a choice to follow him, to believe him. I have a 60-second rule. When you have a negative thought that comes into your mind, which is a fear thought, a fear factor thought, nine out of ten times the devil's going to paralyze you with fear. When you have that thought, you have less than 60 seconds to remove that thought out of your mind before it takes root and, and destroy that thought and put, and put the goodness of God in your mind and saturate your mind because your mind is the mind of Christ. It, it is fertile ground, good ground, and the enemy understands that. And the enemy says, if I can own real estate in your mind to fear, I can control you, I can own you, and I can stop you from God's best. Yes. And I, I just want to say something to those that are listening right here. What you're just talking about, you have you have a short period of time to get rid of that thought, to banish that thought. And and that's what you teach us in this book. Uh, you teach us the how-to of how to do this in this in this teaching. Mm-hmm. I don't. I just don't want to give you weapons of your warfare in this book. I want to teach you how to use them because I can, it's like saying we can talk about the devil all day long, but if you don't confront your enemy of your soul, you're going to get no victory. We can talk about the enemy all day long on the show, but you need to confront the devil and paralyze from and tell devil you picked the wrong believer to mess with. Yes. A lot of Christians go to sleep, but they don't rest. You see, and I'm teaching believers not only to use a weapon, but I'm teaching you how to rest in the weapons of your warfare and tell this devil, you know, today's the last day. I'm evicting you once and for all. Yeah. You know what? And I, I like that term. I would just started to say that. You, you call it teaching us to give him an eviction notice. Yes, yes, an eviction notice. An eviction. Come out, you gone for good. Jesus Christ is Lord over my whole entire life, my family, my finances, who I am, my ministry, my purpose. I don't care if I'm the man with the two talent or five talent. All belongs to Jesus Christ. And no fear is going to live here. You ain't going to control me. I'm not your puppet. I'm cutting the strings today. Amen. Amen. Well, just let me let me let you know that if you're listening today that John's brand new book is called Destroying Fear. And when we saw the title, <laughs> we saw the title of this book and we're like, oh, we have to read that. And it is powerful, powerful, powerful. And John equips you with the strategies and the how-tos that you need to destroy fear once and for all in your life, no matter what kind of fear it is. Uh, it is from Satan and it has torment. And John teaches you how to destroy it, how to get rid of it, how to evict it from your life now and forever. John, talk to us a little bit about the good news. The good news um, is that perfect love casts out fear. So we we don't have to be bound. We don't have to be bound. We're not slaves. 
to the world. We're not slaves to the systems of the world. We're not slaves to the devil's trick-or-treat lies and schemes and wiles of the enemy. We're not slaves to that no more. We need to come to a place that I understand, do or die, Jesus Christ loves me. Whether I have a good day, bad day, let's not be emotional because, you know, the devil understands emotions. Mm -hmm. The devil wants you to be emotional Christians because he could capitalize and paralyze you. I have done altar calls that people come up and say, I don't have control of my emotions. My emotions are filled with fear. I don't know if I can go home today. I don't know if I can get in my car today. I don't know if I can go to work today. I don't know if I can be a good husband. I don't know if I can be a good wife. I don't know if I can be a good parent because I have failed this and this and this and that. And that all comes from that root of fear. And I'm teaching believers, you know what? The perfect love of Jesus Christ, once it's in your heart and it's in your heart and it's in your mind and it's in your soul, man, you are filled with God's love and there's no room for fear and you are victorious today and forevermore. Yes, yes. And you liken it. I I love some of the analogies in a book. I I like a good analogy because I like to be able to picture what somebody is talking about. And you liken this to a spiritual pharaoh. Yes, yes. A a tax master. The devil is a spiritual pharaoh. He's a tax master. He wants to plague you. He wants to whip you with fear. He wants to control you. He wants to own you. He wants you to build his kingdom with the bricks of fear. And sometimes, we, you know, one of the things that I share with people when I do altar calls, people build up walls to protect themselves, and the devil uses the same walls of fear to control you, manipulate you, and destroy you. And we build up walls of, of, of trying to think we're protecting ourselves. We build up Jerichos of fear, and it paralyzes us. And we need to walk around that wall and bring that wall down in the name of Jesus Christ, by the love of Christ, and the finished work of the cross, and the blood of the Lamb. Yes. Yes, and there's a game that you describe in this teaching. You call it the devil's game, and it's it's to mess with our self-image. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I think that the devil knows, the devil understands that he's trying to capitalize on our weaknesses. So what will happen is if we have weak to talk, we have weaknesses to uh, to do whatever we want to do, uh, we, we find ourselves as failures, you know, because we don't see that Father God sees us through Jesus Christ. We're not failures, you know I mean? we more than conquerors. And the enemy understands that if you can self-create an image of yourself in a way that you can create an image of yourself and, and, and believe that image, it's like, it's like in the book of Daniel, you know, they, they, they had that whole big statue. You bow down to that image and you create something that you're not. And the enemy knows how to operate through that system. Through that, through, He's a pharaoh in that world of yours because you created something that God didn't call you to be. And he knows how to take you, and he knows how to manipulate you. He knows how to control you. It's like many believers that created Jesus, and it's not the same as the Bible because they try to justify something in their life. But meanwhile, Paul said they preach any other gospel to you, let them be cursed. And we come into us, we come into this thing, we build a self-image of something to protect us and feel better. But you know what? You don't need to do that. That is a lie of the pits of hell. The devil's creating a monster in your life to fear and controlling you and trying to manipulate you to believe something that God said, no, I got something better for you. Yes. And and if we can get rid of what, what the enemy is trying to make us believe of, about ourselves and, and just believe, you say, believe it, believe it, make the choice to believe it about what God says about us. Run with it. If I can't see, I'm going to run with it because I just trust the Word of God. The Word of God was, will not lie. The Word of God will not fail. The Word of God is true all day long, every day, until He brings me home. I'm. You know how many times I get emails from witches and warlocks 
that are saying we're going to destroy you and your daughter. Hell, Satan. I get these emails. I mean, and your daughter, she's not going to see this year. We're going to destroy her with witchcraft. I get, I said, please, you, you must be crazy. I got, God is the author and the finisher of my faith and my daughter. We go home with Jesus says, we go home. Not because I'm witch and go home. You're not going to control me with that. You're not going to own me with that. The devil said, oh, your daughter get on the train. Your daughter, she's by herself. We're going to get up. If we destroy your daughter and kill your daughter, that's what they say. You will never be a minister again. I say, I don't believe the lie. I believe Jesus Christ. Yes. And I'm good with that. And that goes back to what you were just saying. As soon as that thought comes into your mind, taking it captive and getting it out of there, evicting it out of your mind and out of your spirit. Evicting it, evicting it and kicking it to the ocean. Of, 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 I'm never going to receive it again. I'm never going to live. I'm teaching believers to the book, The Strong Fear, in the Three City series. I'm teaching you by the power of your words, by the power of your word, that God has given us power. God has given us an anointing in our word. Mix it with faith. Mix it with God's word. And that is your arsenal that the enemy understands that he will crumble, and he will, the enemy will crumble. He will shrub and die, and his kingdom and his demons, and anything that he's throwing at you will shrub and die, because fear is not my God. Mm. Jesus Christ is. And I'm teaching believers through this book, Destroying Fear, in the three CD says series, to how to speak this truth, but align yourself with God. And alignment is so important. One hand can't clap by itself. Your hand needs to clap for God, not with the devil. And I'm teaching believers not only the tools, and I'm teaching the schemes of the enemy, but how to destroy them, but how to use them. And that's the key. We need to use them, put them to work, because they work. Yes, yes. And you know what? I, I, it makes me feel strong to know that I have a choice. Yes. <laughs> I, I like that part of it. I have a choice to get up in the morning, believe the devil, or believe Jesus. I have a choice to walk with God today or walk with the lies of the enemy. I have a choice to walk in the freedom God's given me or walk in the paralyzed devil that he's trying to put on me with fear. What is my choice today? I get up in the morning, and the first thing I get up in the morning, you know, and you know, you and I know that first thing you get up in the morning, what the devil trying to do, he trying to infiltrate your mind with negative thought, with fear, yes, and, and neg- negative thinking, right? He's trying to put that in your mind. He's trying to put cycles of negative thinking in your mind so he can control your day because he wants you to lose your day. He wants to own that day. He doesn't want Christ to get the glory that day. Mm-hmm. I know you teach us here about the two mindsets. Uh, you gave the example of the spies that were going into Canaan. Mm-hmm. Yes, and the spies that were going to Canaan, we talk about 12 people going into the same place, same location. They were under the same ministry, Moses' ministry. They were under the same ministry, but two of them, two, 10 of them had a dark mindset. They had fear. Fear operated on them. Fear controlled them. Fear was they, 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 they got fear owned the decisions of tomorrow. When God made a promise to them way before they got to that location, God said, I've given you, I've given you, I bless you. I have something for you that is bigger than you and I, bigger than you, me, what I mean, you and I, me and the other believers. And they decided to see with the natural eyes that the devil showed them the giants in the land. But thank God for Caleb and Joshua of a different spirit, of a different mindset, and said, I'll take this land right now. Just give me, let me go at them. What they were doing, they were not only fearless, but they wanted to put into practice. Yes, and and here again, making that choice to believe God's promise instead of what they saw with their eyes. Exactly, exactly, because God's promise are good forever until you go home. And the devil is temporary. The devil is temporary. Storms, I would tell people, storms don't last. Don't make decisions in fear storms because they will pass you by. 
Don't make a permanent decision on a fear storm, which is temporary. Jesus is forever. Mm. You know, you told the story uh, a few minutes ago about the about the young girl that was being bullied. And uh, you give this example to um, this analogy in your book about confronting the bully in the schoolyard. And everybody knows what that means, that, that, that bully in the schoolyard, that as long as you just let it continue to do that, then it will grow and it will continue and it will continue. But you use the word confront. I like that. Confront. How many young people that have been tormented by fear and they don't want to go to school and they're about to take their life at home because they don't want to confront the bully in the schoolyard anymore? Come on, we need to do something about it. That's why I wrote this book, Destroying Fear. Give this book to your children. Give this book to your teenager. Let them read it. Let them, let them confront fear. God, you know, one thing I tell people, I do special altar calls for young people every every church I go to because God loves the young people. And one thing about young people, everybody in the Bible was young. David was young. Esther was young. Daniel was young. Joseph was young. All these people were young. I mean, God only picked two old people, Moses and his crazy brother. once. <laughs> But everybody was young. We need to put this book in, in, in the believer's hands. Every young believer, every youth, we need to put the book in the hands to read it. You are the you you are the tomorrows. You are the weapons. You are Jesus Christ's army for tomorrow. Be armed and dangerous. Be ready. Confront the enemy. Give him an eviction of it. Don't be. Don't let the bully in the school y'all get the best of you. I have to say, just for me personally, because we do read everything that we offer to our, our viewers and our listeners, we read it first. And and so I have to say for me personally, by the time you finish this book and listening to these teachings, you will feel very strong and able and equipped to actually confront the bully in the schoolyard, confront that bully anywhere, confront that fear. The spiritual warfare prayers in this book, they're, just not, they're not just normal prayers. We need to get a life, a prayer life, a spiritual warfare, that we, 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 are, we are special op. We are spiritual snipers for Jesus Christ. We Amen. Can every fear target in the enemy's camp, we can, sh- we can shoot down those targets in our family, our loved ones, our next generation, and our family, your kids' kids. We can destroy these targets that when you go home with the Lord, you go home in peace, that your kids will not live in fear. Yes. They will not be controlled by fear, and Pharaoh will not be their taskmaster. Jesus Christ is their Jesus Christ is their master, and Jesus Christ is love, and you can't separate you can't separate one from the other. Yes, and He is love. So I have to say personally, there is so many things that that John has put in here to equip us. I mean, scriptures and declarations and stuff. And John, John, what do you call these areas in the book where where you are just giving us this information that we need? You know, I, I tell people, you got to hit first. We're in the offense. We're in the offense. We got to hit the devil first. Forget the devil hitting us first. We got to hit him first. I call them praise punches. Praise. <laughs> spiritual bombs against the enemy. I'm, I'm serious. Like a Mike Tyson hit. Are you going down? You ain't playing with me today. You're not going to get the best of me. You're not going to steal my day. You ain't stealing my life. And you're not stealing my relationship with Jesus. I call them praise punches. You know why I call them praise punches? I've been walking with Jesus for 20 years. And this is my praise punch against the enemy. If you couldn't kill me when I was in the world, you can't kill me now that I'm in Jesus. And when I look back, when I look back to 20 years that I've been walking with the Lord, the only footprints I see in the sand are his that he has carried me through. Wow. Those are my praise punches. <laughs> hit the devil like a piñata, can you come out of his pocket? Yes. And I hit you with a nuclear bomb and destroy your arsenal. 
every entrapment, every spirit set up, every spirit that you're trying to put on me, and everything, that every roadblock, every hindrance, every delay, every blockages be destroyed with my praise punches and my nuclear weapons against the enemy and against that pharaoh. In Jesus' name, amen? Yes, absolutely. Amen on that. And, and, and you teach us, too, that we don't even have to wait until we're attacked, but it's important for us to throw the first punch. Yes, it is, because, you know, it, it, the devil understands territory. And this is what I teach the believer in the book, Destroying Fear. The enemy understands. It's good to be on the defense for a certain situation. Defense in Jesus' camp mean, Lord, should I pursue? Is this is my fight, like David used to say. I'm on the defense, but a lot of times Christians stay on the defense so long that they are spiritually bleeding, they're spiritually defeated. Then you ask them, why are you so defeated? Why are you so bound? Why are you going to? Why, why fear has gripped you in such a way when you had a chance to uproot it at a certain time in your life? And they say, oh, I'm waiting on God. I'm waiting on God. But, you know, you, you forgot to, you failed to see that you and God are partners. You got to do your part. That's why I said throw the first punch, because if you throw the first punch, you keep the devil off balance. You see, and if the enemy's off balance, he can't paralyze you or anything. But you got, you have, you have dominion over him. The Bible says we have, we have all power against yes. the enemy. And yes. You need to understand, and not only understand that, but we need to use it on the offense. I'm glad you said that about partnering, because John, you've been on this journey a long time, and and one thing that you said you have learned is that you're not alone. We're not alone. Mm-mm. No, we have the powerful church. We have all heaven. We can release angels from Michael's quarter to come down and destroy this mantle uproot. You guys say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare right now, I release angels from Michael's quarter right now to destroy the assignment of the enemy against my life. You have ministering angels. You have you have the power of heaven behind you. You sit at the right hand of Jesus Christ, the highest of the highest of the heaven. That means every devil is under your feet, every fear devil is under your feet. All you have to do is just crush them today. Yes, yes. And John, I know you come at this from a place where not many of us have been to the degree that you have. I mean, you you understand the spiritual warfare from from the demonic side, from that very dark side. And and what you've learned is that all those chains, all that bondage, none of it is greater than the name of Jesus. Oh no, 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 no! I, I, I write a thing. I write a chapter on that book. It says, "No greater change than the name of Jesus Christ." Come on, I don't care what the what shackles the devil try to put on me. You know, I'm like I'm a spiritual Samson. I break those shackles <laughs> in the name of Jesus Christ. You're not gonna paralyze me with that stuff. I'm like a Esther. You know, I'll destroy the first Hitler in the name of Jesus. I mean, that's I, I'm like a Daniel. You know, I'm like I'm 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 like a David. You know, I I confront my Goliath. You know, I got five stones, you know, and I know how to throw them. We need to come to a place that we, we need to be radical when it comes to the enemy. Yes, we love people, and we need to love people regardless of what. We need to love people. And But when it comes to the enemy, taxes and fear, and he's trying to destroy you and try to take you from God's best, we don't, we don't need to negotiate. We need to come at the enemy full force with the weapons of our warfare that is in Jesus Christ. Yes, yes. And I know this is... This is not just something you're teaching to the masses, but this is personal to you as well. I mean, even your own brother, even your own brother, you saw him set free from darkness. And I asked my mom permission before I wrote this uh, in the book. My brother was a transvestite. My brother was homosexual. He was bisexual. He was married to a regular woman. 
And top of that, he was uh, uh, he was a warlock in the witchcraft world, you know, because it came from the generations of my father's side. My father had five five most horrible things. You know what? You know, you know all that started. My brother, it started by a spirit of rejection. Mm. My father, a spirit of rejection, and a spirit of rejection turns into fear, and it opens us other avenues. You know, there's people out there that I talk to that are that were homosexuals that are giving their life to Jesus because I had spoken to them. You know what they taught me? I was fear. I had fear to be a man because I was molested mm. from my uncle. I was molested from a family member, and that not opened the door for me to being homosexual, but it opened the door to fear because I was feared to be accepted. I was feared that I that I, 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 I did something wrong. And that creates something, and my brother had that whole situation of, of having that fear factor of the fact that he was rejected, and my brother became all these things. And a year before his birthday, he gave his life to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the amazing thing about it is that my brother got baptized, gave his, gave his life to Jesus. And a week before his birthday, my brother, uh, my brother Jimmy, he closed his eyes on a Thursday and went home with Jesus. But you know what? I didn't say goodbye. I told him, I'll see you later. But he destroyed and defeated fear by the finished work of the cross. Yes. So it's not where you start. It's not where you start. It's where you want to finish with Jesus. Mm. And you, I mean, you had to be bold yourself when when he was sick and he was in the hospital. And you knew how you and he had fought. I mean, physically fought. My brother, uh, we used to have some good fights because he would say so much things vulgar about Jesus when I was a younger Christian. In Thanksgiving, he would say Jesus is homosexual, Jesus, and he would just lash out because my brother was an ignorant. He was he was he was fragmented. He was saying things that that the devil using his mouthpiece because he was so bound. And I would get up the chair, and I, and I was a young Christian, so I had to defend. I had to protect Jesus. So I punched my brother. He punched me, and then after that, my mother said, "Well, next Thanksgiving, you come an hour earlier. You come an hour later. Eat quick. Get out." And it was just so complicated. <laughs> My brother would say things on purpose, and I would just leave the turkey, jump over the table. He'll jump over the table. And my brother would throw parties in his house, make Saddam and Gomorrah look like kindergarten. Man. And the amazing thing about the whole thing that I, my, the Lord told me, my brother's going to get heart surgery. The Lord said, go to the hospital and share, my, share me, share who I am with your brother. I said, I said, Lord, I'm not going. He got all those crazy people in the hospital. My brother had a flock of people that make Saddam and Gomorrah look like crazy. Yeah, he had men that look like women. Women look like men. He has stuff in between. I said, if I go there, them people are all in the hospital. They're going to all gang up on me. They're going to jump on me. See, I have, a little fear thing came over me. So mm-hmm. fear thing came over me going to the hospital. But I overcame. I made a choice. I said, I'm going to the hospital, and I'm going to preach to my brother. And I don't care who's in that room. They're going to hear the word of God. And I went there, and the only people that were there were some of his wife. And I preached the gospel. And he said, get out of my room. I said, I'm not leaving until you hear the gospel. I took authority over that fear. I took authority over what was in that room. I took authority. I shared the gospel. My brother received Jesus. He started to cry in the room. His wife received Jesus. She, he got baptized. And he was telling me, this is the crazy part. He was telling me, he said, man, I'm going to throw a Christian party. I'm going to invite all my friends. And I'm going to play high grade as I got. You can only imagine. I said, they're going to jump you. You better be ready for a fight. I said, you don't know what you're doing. But, you know, my brother had his party at his funeral. All the people came, and I preached the gospel. And 18 other people that was bound with homosexuality and lesbianism and all this stuff, they raised their hand, and they received Jesus that day. Wow. Wow. What a redemption story. Mm-hmm. Because fear, fear was destroyed. Yes. To, to the finished work of the cross. Through Jesus Christ, fear was destroyed. And now that my brother went home with the Lord, 18 souls was won that day for Jesus. Whew. 
<laughs> that, that is powerful, John. You made the choice. You stood up to fear. You rejected it. You renounced it. And look what happened. But imagine if I would have given to fear and I didn't go to the hospital. Mm. I didn't get safe and die. My brother would have went to hell. Yeah, yeah. Because I made a choice to believe fear and not believe God. Faith always triumphs over fear is what you, you are saying. Yes, yeah, that's what I'm saying. You know, fear is no weapon against a true believer. And I rose up above fear that day. And my brother's in heaven today because I took a stand and I made a choice. I'm going with Jesus. I'm not going to let the fear devil control me. And I'm going to the hospital. So, John, are you saying that it really is possible for us to no longer be afraid? You know, I, I tell you, I tell you, my precious sister, I've been walking with Jesus for 20 years, 20 years. And I know maybe that's not a lot for a lot of people. There's people out there that have been saved longer than I. But I've seen, I've seen the miracles of heaven fall on the earth and destroy fear. And, there's, and, and one of the things I write in the book, Deuteronomy 31.8, is that I will never leave you. I just want to say slow because it's so good. I will never leave you. I mean, God will never leave you in the condition you're in. I will never forsake you. I mean, God will never turn his back on you. Do not fear or be dismayed. How awesome is that for us today? That's God's promise for the believer, for those that are struggling, for those that are bound. You hold on to God's word. You put a little faith on it. You know, a little faith on it, you put on it, and you can beat the devil any day. This is God's promise for you and me to be free, to be set free, to walk free, and to finish free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Yes, yes. Tell me the story about Daisy. You know, I always say God has a way of having divine appointment. Daisy was a lady that she was caught up with the uh, witchcraft Santeria, which is Santeria is a Jehovah religion. It comes all the way from the 15th century. You know, we call it Santeria. They call it the religion. It's basically worship of demons. It's what it's called worship of angels. It's called uh, uh, Santeria is called worship of saints. It's worship of demons. It's just sugar sugar coated. And Daisy was in my mom's house that day, and I just the Holy Spirit came upon me, and I wasn't even close to her at all. I just I I, I knew that she was involved with the same occult people I was in. And I said, Daisy, look at your life. I said, you're living a life of deception. You're living a life of fear because you don't want to leave the religion. You're living a life of torment, of fear, because I know someone in your heart, you want to leave. You see my life. You see I left. Nothing happened to me. The devil was trying to lie me with fear, saying to kick me in his camp. And I left to the power of the cross. And you can do the same thing. She said, She said, John, I want to do the same thing. I prayed for her. She received Jesus Christ there. She told a guy named Ruben that was uh, just kind of the superintendent of the building in the neighborhood. He was known as the handyman. He said, she said, throw all my garbage stuff away from Santeria and all that stuff. She threw it all away. And, and uh, sometime later, she went home with the Lord. And, and, and she's in heaven today. See how, how the Lord works? And, and all because she made a choice that day. Yes. A choice. She said, I'm not going to let fear control me anymore. I'm not going to let the spirit of Pharaoh control me anymore. I'm leaving. I'm giving you an eviction notice. I'm leaving today. And she left. And she got Jesus Christ as the ultimate prize in her life. And a few months later, she had stomach cancer. She went, she went home with the Lord, and I went to her funeral. And there was a, uh, all the witches, of warlocks of the, of, of the occult from, I mean, we're talking about the high rank that were worshippers in that funeral. People, I feel like Paul, when Paul confronted the Sanhedrin, of people of his time that, you know, said Paul was on the speed dial. He was an intellect. Paul 
spoke five languages. I confronted these people that I used to break bread with, people I used to go to dinner with, people I used to do witchcraft for. They were right there. So when I saw them, I used to see what I used to be. And when they looked at me, they looked at what they could be if they let fear go. And they were trying to curse people at the funeral home. They were trying to do all these things at the funeral home and threaten people about killing them with witchcraft. And when I walked in, they were walking around like ants, like they were fidgeting. And I said, look, why are they fidgeting? He said, darkness can't stand where the light stands. Mm. And when I walked out of that funeral, I know that world was behind me. That whole world was behind me because fear no longer controlled John Ramirez. Jesus Christ does. Whew, and what a testimony to every single person there. I, I love the end of that story where you told us that there was only two victorious people that left that funeral that evening. Two of those. <laughs> yes. And she, went, she went to Manson on the Hill with Jesus, and John Ramirez walked out to his beat-up car. <laughs> but notoriously, fear don't own me. I got in my car, I drove away, and as I drove away, fear got smaller and smaller smaller and to return into a dot and disappear and never return. Amen? Yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. <laughs> yes, John, we're going to have to let everybody go for now, but uh, I want to make sure that they get your brand new book, Destroying Fear, and also the audio teaching series that you have prepared. It's powerful. It will teach you. It will equip you how to get rid of every single fear that may be attacking you or coming against you in your life forever and for always and evicted out of your life. So, John, for those that are listening, will you take just a moment before we leave and uh, just just minister to them and pray for them before we have to say goodbye? Amen. So, yeah, absolutely. And I, I just want to say one thing. I, I believe this book is a family thing. I believe that you should get a few copies and give it to your family, your relatives, your loved ones, you know, and let the atmosphere in your family be of atmosphere of holiness, peace alone, nothing missing, nothing broken, and be fearless in Jesus Christ, your whole family. Just to get one copy, get yourself a several copies and get the CDs. If you have church groups, you can put it in your church groups because many Christians are struggling in church with fear. But you can put it in your church, you can put it in church group because, you know, someone has to give the devil an eviction. Saying that, amen, so I think it, it's, yes. it's, it's a book that is for everyone, even if you have an unbeliever. My book has a, a, a chapter, it says, for the unbeliever, for the people that are in the world, because they're struggling with fear, too. They're struggling with fear. The people in the world that don't know Jesus Christ, they're struggling with fear. And the book that I wrote, I wrote a chapter for the unbeliever that will bless them beyond measure, that they will know Je not only know Jesus Christ, but they can live a life of victory without fear. Because fear reigns on the just and it reigns on the unjust. You can help people be set free and know Jesus and give them the book. So, Father, today, in the name of Jesus Christ, Father, we are victorious. We are more than conquerors. Father, the finished work on the cross already declare that fear doesn't live in our house. Fear don't live in our hearts. Fear don't live in our mind. Fear don't live in our today. Fear don't own our tomorrows in the name of Jesus. Father, we put the devil on notice. We give an eviction Know that we, can, we renounce fear in the name of Jesus Christ. Today, we renounce fear. We give fear an eviction, and we curse it at the root and let it show up and die. Father, we put, we put on the armor of Jesus Christ, which is the blood of Jesus Christ, the finished work of the cross, filled with the Holy Spirit, and we are more than conquerors. And we tell the devil, listen to us today. Fear is destroyed. We no longer in Egypt. We no longer, you know, no longer a spiritual pharaoh. We destroy you with the blood of Jesus. We command fear to leave now. In Jesus' precious name, amen. 
Amen. John, thank you so much for being with us today. We certainly appreciate your time and you sharing this wonderful and powerful message with us today, Destroying Fear. So listen to Sid Roth as he's telling you now exactly how you can get John's brand new book, Destroying Fear, and also this brand new exclusive and powerful audio teaching series by John. Sid? John Ramirez was a high-ranking satanic priest that sold his soul to the devil. Now that he has a new Lord, Jesus the Messiah, he is exposing the number one weapon in the devil's arsenal, fear. John knows the patterns and the cycles of the evil one. He knows every strategy in Satan's playbook. It's now It's time to fight back and destroy fear once and for all in your life. And John's shows teach you how. So don't miss John Ramirez's brand new book and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series, Destroying Fear, plus a quick reference card for your book or Bible, No More Fear. It contains scriptures, prayers, and declarations right at your fingertips to kick fear out of your life forever. Once again, that's John's brand new book and his brand new and exclusive audio teaching series, Destroying Fear, plus a quick reference card for your book or Bible, all for an investment of only 35 U.S. dollars to order Call 1-800-447-2697. Once again, that's 1-800-447-2697. Or go to our website at sidroth.org, S-I-D-R-O-T-H dot O-R-G. Be sure to ask for offer number 9676. Once again, offer number 9676. 